Hello, and welcome to Sobertown Podcast. I'm your host, Viv, and some of you know me as Sober I Thrive. Make sure to visit our website on SobertownPodcast.com. You will find our free Zoom calendars, Todd's modules for your Sober Toolbox, Sober Recovery Stories, and our link to the Sobertown Facebook group on SobertownPodcast.com. I'll chat with guests and community members about topics related to sobriety and recovery. There are also a couple of sober communities called Boom, Rethink the Drink, and the I Am Sober app, where most of our website contributors met for SoberTownPodcast.com. Hi, this is Viv. Some of you know me as Sober I Thrive. Thank you for joining us on SoberTown. I'm your host. And I'm here to introduce a very special guest. TJ Woodward is a revolutionary recovery expert, best-selling author, inspirational speaker, educator, and addiction treatment specialist who has helped countless people through his simple yet powerful teachings. The creator of the Conscious Recovery Method, a groundbreaking and effective approach to viewing and treating addiction, TJ is also the author of three best-selling books and their respective workbooks, Conscious Recovery, Conscious Being, and Conscious Creation. Welcome, TJ, to Sobertown. Thank you oh, for being here. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here, and I look forward to our conversation. I know we're going to have fun today. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I am so looking forward. So the, one of the topics of all of your books are based, conscious-based, but I away the topic of saying say goodbye to toxic relationships and detox yourself can you please expand on that what does that mean yeah you know it's really popular in our culture right now to say let's get rid of toxic relationships toxic relationships toxic work environments toxic friendships and most of the time when we hear the conversation it's about the other person or the other situation and I'm simply inviting us to take a look at what we can change within ourselves. What is the toxicity that lives within us that needs to be healed so that we can begin to choose something really different? In our culture right now, there's a big focus on the law of attraction. You know, we attract things into our life. What I want to look at is the law of radiance. What am I radiating out into the world and what choices am I making? So if I believe I'm unworthy and unlovable, I'm going to end up choosing relationships to confirm those core false beliefs that I'm holding. So when we heal the deeper root causes of these relationships, we can unplug from the conditions of the world. And then we realize that we actually are empowered to make different choices. I love that. I, I love that because that is always looking outward at who is, whose fault is it? Whose fault I, is it? We're always looking for the perpetrator, right? And I love the part that you say, we cannot change our others, but we can change ourselves. Please give us what, what your understanding, please illuminate us with that. Yeah. And, and I do want to point out because it's really important right out of the gate to say, we're not switching the blame from blaming others to blaming ourselves, because that's going to keep us stuck too. But what we're looking at is what needs to be healed. So one of the concepts that I use in, in all of my books is the concept of core false beliefs. And I like to use the word false 
because I want to let everyone know that these are lies that we've, we have picked up about ourselves and that we're caring about ourselves. And honestly, they're a frequency. So early on in life, we usually develop these core false beliefs. I am not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. And then we're literally vibrating with that. And from that, then we start to choose relationships to unconsciously usually confirm the core false beliefs. So as we go in and heal that, then we start to have a very, very different way of what we choose. So it's not really about changing the world, although I did try that through my entire 20s. And I can report back that it didn't go so well because the, the world just didn't do what I wanted it to. And I realized at some point, oh, this is actually a deeper healing required of me so that I can actually be the person that I am changing rather than the world. Wow, that's beautifully put. I, I really thank you for that explanation because this, like you say, toxicity starts within. We create our lives based on the perceptions that arise from the core false beliefs we hold about ourselves. So explain those, where do those core beliefs come from? Well, we come into the world as whole and perfect beings. And that's a starting point for all of my work because I actually believed I was broken from such an early age. So I like to start with, we come into the world as a whole and perfect being. And then we get programmed by the world. And most of this is unconscious, right? Like, I don't think my parents or my teachers were like, I'm out to really screw this kid up. They were just acting out of their unconscious programming. So we often get taught we're unworthy, not good enough. Um, I remember one example for me, and it seemed something so small. Most people would think this is so small, but I didn't know how to tie my shoes. And in kindergarten, I couldn't tie them. And it was at that moment I decided I was stupid. So it, it wasn't even that there was this horrific event that created this, but I decided at a very deep level, I walked home from school that day, reciting to myself, I am so stupid, I am so stupid. And that stayed with me for decades from that moment on. So these get developed really early in life and it's before our little brains are even developed enough to understand. So they get concretized or buried really deep in our unconscious. And that's where the healing needs to happen. I think that's a be beautiful way, beautiful analogy to put it, because something as simple as tying our shoes can give us what you just said, that render that false belief and throughout the, our life, how we can carry that. Yeah. And, you know, there are obviously people have very traumatic events that can create these as well. But I also wanted to point out that it can be something that for one person isn't a big deal at all. And for someone else, it can be a very, very profoundly life-changing moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I and, and I think that's really important. One of the things that you point out, um, you said some inner toxicity, toxicity that needs healing. Look within. And this is not about blaming ourselves. Rather, it's about empowering us to shift our inner beliefs. Yes. So I one time gave a talk and someone came up to me afterward and said, she said, it sounds like you're victim blaming, right? And this is something that we talk about in our culture. So I always like to be really clear. I'm actually talking about empowering. So if a person finds themselves in the same relationship over and over and over again, that they consider to be toxic or even abusive, we don't want to blame ourselves for continuing to choose it. We actually want to empower ourselves to say, if I'm continuing to choose this, it must be something happening within me. 
that can be healed. I can empower myself to heal that and then make very, very different choices in the relationships that I find myself in. Yeah. And there's a part here also that you talk about reconnecting to that part. That's right. Reconnecting with our true nature. So, you know, in, for example, in my book, Conscious Recovery, um, it it was born out of my own experience. I got sober really young. um, Well, somewhat young. I don't know what young is, but I got sober before my 21st birthday. So that's young, right? Um, And when I was about 18 months to two years sober, I found myself suicidal. And I was suicidal because the paradigm at that time was don't worry about anything but not drinking. Your life is a miracle. Now go help someone. And I understood that. And I had been practicing that for 18 months or two years. But there was something within me that needed resolution. And I believed at a very deep level that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And quite frankly, some of the models and some of the support groups, and at least at that time, there was some support for that. Yeah, you are broken. Now go do something to redeem yourself. And I met a woman named Mary Helen. She changed my life. And she said, what if we all came into the world as whole and perfect and that recovery is really about returning to that. And that just hearing her say that, there was a light bulb that went off in me. Oh my gosh, recovery isn't about trying to attain something, but what needs to be unlearned so that I can return to this inner perfection that exists within each of us. Yeah, you mentioned her and I thought that that was really interesting because you said that the way that she observed you gave you the bandwidth to observe yourself. Yeah, I mean, that really is also foundational with conscious recovery. How I view the world is how I experience the world. And she was able to see in me something precious in her beautiful Southern accent. She would say, darling, you're so precious. And I would literally feel like I was going to get sick because it was so incongruent with not only the thoughts I had about myself, but as I've been talking about the frequency and in her observation of me, there was something powerful that happened. I remember thinking, if she sees me as whole and perfect, who am I not to? But it was really more than that. It was really the observer has a profound effect. So if I'm looking at myself or the people around me as broken or damaged, there's a higher probability that we're going to experience that. And if we start to look for that wholeness, that place within ourselves that is still precious and whole, chances are we're going to find that. And Neither one is right, nor is it wrong, but I think it's more effective to look at that place within ourselves that's whole and perfect. I think that's beautiful. Through your messages, your workbook, your books, that is one of the different aspects. You also speak about the four rooms. Can you expand on that, please? Yeah, an Indian proverb that says we're a house with four rooms, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And if you're like me, you like acronyms, it's PIES. And I had a client actually, I used to call it physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And she said, you know, you could change it to intellectual and it'd be like PIES. Like there's this different slice of the pie. So we have these different rooms within ourselves and these different asset aspects of our, our um, really of our reality or our existence. And when it comes to addiction and recovery, there's also, you know, parts of each of those that live in those four different rooms. The way that I've heard you speak before about the pies, that each room, because we, we want to fix everything all at once, right? And from what I understand, in the pies, 
We don't have to do everything all at once. That's right. Yeah, we can work on what's present, but also realizing that there is something to be looked at in all of those rooms. So most of us tend to be comfortable in a room or two, and maybe there's a room or two that we don't really look at. And like for me, for example, is I don't live in the physical room a lot. So I love living in the emotional and spiritual room. That's where I hang out. That's where I feel most comfortable. But sometimes in my life, I have to pay some extra attention to the physical, like, oh, I have to pay my bills. I have to like, you know, maintain my car, those kind of things that are in physical reality. And then there are other people who love living in physical and intellectual, and maybe, you know, they haven't really spent a lot of time looking at their emotions or feeling their emotions. So for each of us, we can look at where we can add some different focus and then become, because that's holistic, really, is looking at ourselves in all our different components. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, there's so many different ways of looking into our our recovery, or I call it rediscovery. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it is essential to be curious about ourselves. And that's one of the things that I love that you teach. Can you expand about that curiosity? Yeah. I mean, curiosity is a principle that to me is life-changing because if I, if I'm looking for answers or specific answers, or I think I have the answer that keeps me in a certain paradigm, if you will, or a certain level of consciousness or a certain level of awareness, but curiosity expands. So if I want my life to be different, being curious allows me to open up to different possibilities. Curiosity can come in the form of questions. It can come in the form of spending time in the silence, really asking myself to look at things in a new and different way. And many of us have been taught there's an answer and you need to figure it out, right? But that can keep us stuck. So maybe the opposite of curiosity is judgment and judgment restricts and curiosity expands. So the question is, do I want to expand or do I want to keep doing things exactly the same way as I've always done them? And if I do want to do that, chances are I'm going to continue to get the same results. <laughs> Very well, but, you know, exactly, because it's so easy to be judgmental in our own. We've done it so long yeah. when we're trying to get sober from whatever it is, because addiction takes many forms. Yeah. But coming into that non-judgment and the way that you format your your collection of books is amazing. And the workbooks are, I, in my opinion, they're beautiful, beautifully written, beautiful approach. Also, I have that radiate that essential wholeness into the world and watch your toxic relationship shift before your eyes. Yeah, we, we end up spending so much time on the effect or what we can see, uh, or another way to say it is the relationship itself, right? If this person would just change, if I could just get this promotion, if I could find the perfect place to live, if I can mo move to a new city, that outer focus is always, always changing and temporary. But when we start to, like we've talked about earlier, really heal ourselves, and when I make a connection or when I realize that I have a place within me that is much more powerful than the conditions of the world, and when I really dedicate myself to cultivating a relationship with that essential self, then I start to radiate that into the world. And it does feel like magic because suddenly there are doors opening where it's like, wow, all of this time I've been trying to like 
make things happen. And now I'm simply radiating this. And we can talk more about, you know, how do we actually do that? But as I radiate that, then the world starts to seem to magically shift before our very eyes. Yeah. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind expanding, yes, about radiating. How do we radiate? Yeah. I think for me, it's twofold. The, the process is making a deep connection or really it's cultivating a relationship with the essential self that can come through mindfulness, whether we call it meditation, whether that's a yoga practice, spending time in the silence, that feeling that very deeply. But also the second piece is pretty much unlearning everything we've ever been taught that is counter to the belief that we're this whole and perfect being. So radiating is really this twofold process. What needs to be discovered, discarded, unlearned, all the different words that we can use. Um, the great poet Rumi said, we're not here to seek for love, but to look at all the barriers that we put on top of it. As we unlearn the old beliefs, the natural sense of who and what we are starts to radiate naturally. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. That is so healing. Those words are so magical. I wanted to ask you, in each book, conscious recovery, and then we go into conscious being and conscious creation. Can you give us a, a brief where that came from, each one of those books, where they radiated from? Well, my first book is Conscious Being. It came out, I think, in 2015. It was a collection of talks that I had given based on the understanding that we create our reality based on our level of awareness. And I've created a system of how we look at how we're vibrating in the world and how we can actually raise our awareness or raise through curiosity, right? Openness, curiosity to how we can actually change the lens that we're looking at life through. Conscious Recovery came out in 2017, and it was really a culmination of everything that saved my life and my early recovery, and then working in the addiction treatment field since 2008, and looking at how many of the models focus on what's broken about a person. Addiction, bad. Drugs, bad. The person is wrong. How do we fix this? And I came in and said, what if I were to write a book that would explore the possibility that each of us is actually a powerful creator and that there's a place within us that is whole and perfect and that's never been harmed, unharmed and unharmable. And having that be a starting point and from there looking at how we can actually heal the root causes of addiction rather than just focusing on the drinking or the not drinking, the eating or the not eating the compulsive, whatever we call compulsive. This is really about healing the unresolved trauma, the spiritual disconnection, and the toxic shame. So that's what that book is really about. Conscious Creation is my newest book. And it really is a, an understanding that we're holding a projector. So I have an acronym, MOVIE, M-O-V-I-E, and it's five steps to embracing the life of your dreams. And we're literally holding the projector and by, as Byron Katie says, if we have a piece of lint on our lens, we will see it everywhere and we'll think it's happening in the world. But really, we're here to clear the lens so that we can see the world through new eyes. So what needs to be healed? I keep going back to that same concept because once we heal that, then we can listen to inner wisdom rather than just trying to create our life through our mind. And then from there we can actually create the life of our dreams in a really, really different way from this new lens or this new way of seeing. 
ourselves and the world. That is beautiful because we project everything and, the, and it's reflected right back to us. It sure is, but only 100% of the time. <laughs> and it, and if, that, if that sounds too strong, because I know someone's watching or, or listening right now and saying, well, I did not create all the stuff and that's happening in the world. And that's true. Stuff is happening in the world. But what happens is we create a meaning. Uh, we attach a meaning to it. And then we have the experience of it. Like I have a friend, this is an extreme example, but I have a friend, he said when he was young, he went to jail. It was the most fun 30 days of his life. And I'm like, how can someone have that reality, <laughs> right? So it's like most people are like, oh my gosh, that's a horrible experience. And of course it's a horrible experience for most people. And that's an extreme example. But if we look at what's happening in the world, you know, we've been told now that we're a country divided, that we're a polarized country. But I actually don't believe that. I think that we've been conditioned to have polarized thinking. We see the world through good and bad and right and wrong. And when I look at someone as fundamentally wrong or different than me, that creates separation. And literally all the world, world's wars and conflict come from this point of view of the other. So I know I'm going on a different, couple different paths here, but the truth is we create our reality based on our perspective. So if we don't like what is happening in our lives, we change that lens and see what happens. I think life is an experiment. That's beautiful. And and that's exactly it. I've heard you say before, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that is well, so beautiful. Actually, I want to even take it a step further because we have heard that for a while now. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I woke up one day and said, what if, because I love what if question, what if we're spiritual beings having a spiritual experience? What if everything that happens to, to us, because in that level of consciousness, I would think something's happening to us, for us, around us, within us, is all part of our spiritual journey. I mean, some of the most painful experiences of my life were the most transformational. So is it possible that it's all part of the spiritual journey? Not that this part should be rejected and this part should be accepted. You know, that goes back to the very, very simple Buddhist teaching that suffering comes from clinging and aversion. I want more of this and less of that. And so if we see it as, as all spiritual, then we start to look at, you know, we hear shift happens. I think of it as fertilizer, right? Which is a very simple shift in the way I perceive it. We can say fertilizer happens. There's something that's wanting to grow here rather than saying it's horrible or it's a, a, a bad situation because that just creates more of that. Yeah, no, de definitely. Because like you said, the if we look at it as fertilizer, it's not the comfort zone where nothing grows. That's oh, right. Beautiful. That is, that's really beautiful. And also the shift in con consciousness. Life is happening for me and not to me. Yeah. Or even life is happening and I create a meaning and because I create a particular meaning, I have the experience. So if I create the meaning that the world is happening to me or that I'm a victim to the world, I'm going to keep re-experiencing it. And so a profound shift would be, what if the world's happening for me? What if all of this is for me? And then I can even go further and say, oh, it's just happening. Things are way more neutral than I might have once believed. And therefore, I can choose what I want to create 
again, based on perspective. And so then it becomes exciting. It's like, this is an adventure of what I can create in my life rather than, oh gosh, the world is so difficult or so painful. Uh, my friend Sue Mortar says, life is a struggle and it's difficult until it's not. Right, right, right. That's a beautiful way, beautiful analogy. And taking it back to the topic, say goodbye to toxic relationships and detox yourself. This is the basis of everything that you've talked about. So I don't want to say in a nutshell, because it isn't in a nutshell. We are not in the nutshell, but the expansion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because what happens is we thoughts hold a certain frequency. Emotions hold a certain frequency. I'm holding certain frequencies in my body. And those can be really toxic or those can be really something that feeds us, right? So if we look at words, there's certain words that keep us feeling stuck. And if I want to be aware of what I'm thinking or feeling, look at the words that I'm saying, becoming aware of that language. There's language that expands and there's language that restricts or constricts. None, nothing is good or bad or right or wrong here. It's just what gets created when I use a particular narrative about my life. And what do I actually want? If I want more love and connection, then I'm going to want to use words that are more empowering. So the toxicity is within that can be healed. And then, like we've been saying, then suddenly the relationships start to heal themselves. People leave, people step away, I step away, or people change miraculously. Um, a perfect example of this is when I was in my early 20s and in my early recovery, I had this story that my mom just didn't care about my life. Mom needs to be more loving. She needs to be more gentle. She needs to be more nurturing. And I carried that story about my mom and I was very frustrated about our relationship in many ways. And I woke up one day and thought, I'm asking for my mom to be more interested in my life. Could I be interested in her life and see what happens? So I realized that I was expecting her to change and then I started asking myself, what could I bring to this relationship? If I want her to be more interested, let me be more interested. And so the, the relationship started to have these miraculous healings. And I started asking her questions about her life. And then suddenly, lo and behold, she started becoming curious about mine. And so, you know, again, it's we're saying the same thing in different ways, but it's really healing is always from the inside out. I think this is beautiful. Everything that you put forth. I know not everything is black and white, but you've given us the way to have our hands on the steering wheel of our life and to be able to, not in black and white, but to be able to maneuver. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really, you know, my intention is to help people realize how powerful they really are, that we're all powerful creators. Um, I heard a speaker one time say, if you don't like what you see in your life, <clears throat> acknowledge how powerful you are as a creator. You've created this and you're so powerful in that creation. And I'm not talking about manipulating the world, but we do create the conditions of our life based on our perspective. And so I realized, wow, if I'm creating all these unfulfilling work situations and this unfulfilling relationship with money and these unfulfilling friendships, I can start to uncreate that and create something different. And then as I've said, it became this great experiment and it became something that was really fun. And so I just want to say to everyone, you know, you are infinite beings. You hold a great deal of power within you. 
and that you actually can create the life of your dreams. And all it requires is that we unlearn everything we've ever been taught that's limiting us and step into a life of infinite possibilities. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom, for your books and for your time. Oh, thank you. I always like asking this question. One, what would you say to somebody on their day one? I would I would say on day one that you are not broken, that you deserve love and connection, and that what you get to do today is let someone love you. Uh, find people that can support you and understand that within you is a place of preciousness, a whole and perfect being, and that you came into the world as that, and that's still who and what you are. Beautiful words. Thank you. Thank you. And we will have all the links to your website and to your bio and to, I think everything's on the website of how we can find you, your Instagram, your YouTubes, your Facebook. You have all of that information in those links. But um, for those of uh, the listeners that are out there, where can they find you? TJWoodward.com is the best place. And like you said, that's where all the social, the books, the workbooks, the courses um, and, you know, a place, really a place for people to drop in and explore this possibility, because that's really what I want it to be. I want this to be a what if. What if you are an infinite being? What if you came into the world as whole and perfect? So everything I write and all the exercises I offer are really bringing us back to that point. So that was a long way of saying tjwoodward.com. <laughs> <laughs> beautifully put, beautifully put. Thank you so much. And thank you for for just. Uh, coming on here and giving up your time and wisdom. Oh, thank you. It was truly an honor. I loved our conversation. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, tell a friend or someone you know, pass this podcast on. And my information is Viv, founder of SoberIThrive.org. I'm an internationally certified in addiction recovery other known as a sober coach and a life coach too. My certifications encompass the neuroscience of joyful recovery, roots of addictions, alcohol and its effects, dynamics of professional recovery coaching, motivation to change, right thinking in recovery, family issues in recovery, codependent behaviors in addiction, and ethical and legal issues in professional recovery coaching. Go to my website, SoberIThrive.org, and book your free, confidential, 30-minute call. We can help create the sober warrior within you.